You're listening to the Scoreboard Show here on Round Guy Radio in Week 5. Had a lot of scores, but we are heading uh, to Durant, Iowa, as we are talking to Mike Hassel of Mike's Auto Sales, who, uh, along with Western Drug, present the Wilton Beavers. Welcome to the program, Mike. Thanks, Dave. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, it looks like you're 5-0. and oh. Uh, we are. It was a little and more hard-fought win you were telling me than you wanted it to be, but but you put the W on the board. Yeah, we did. Uh, we had a lot of turnovers in our favor tonight, and uh, we just didn't do much with them like we normally do. But uh, it was all in all, it was a good game. Uh, we pulled out the win, thirty-four to six, thirty-four to seven. I don't remember now, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it went our way. Yeah. Uh... Well, uh, you're the stats guy. I, I'm assuming you got some stats for me. I, I got a few. Uh, Drew Keith threw for – he was 13-24 to 24 for 180 yards with two touchdowns. He also had two picks. Um, he carried the ball 16 times for 77 yards. Owen Hassel carried the ball 25 times for 125 yards and two, two touchdowns. Uh, Receiving-wise, we had Cade Serrata. He had two catches for 74 yards and a touchdown. Kale McQuillan had four catches for 37 yards. Landon Putman had four catches for 26 yards. Gatlin Rogers had two catches for 34. And Jordan Duesenberry had one catch for 10 yards and a touchdown. And uh, defense, Chaz Chaz Allison and Carter Drake Metzger led the team with nine. And Owen Milder had seven tackles himself. What about the turnovers? You guys were, were hound-dogging a lot of turnovers last week, I'd say. We had, I think we had one or two picks and like two or three fumble recoveries, and then we turned up, we turned the ball over for the first time tonight uh, twice. We got intercepted twice tonight, so. But, uh, yeah, we, we squandered a few chances. We sh- it should have been a lot. It should have been a lot heavier in our favor, I think. But, uh, hey, you know, a win's a win. We'll take it and we can get it. You never had to apologize to me for winning. Well, uh, no. we haven't had a chance to, to see uh, Durant yet. Uh, do they have any players of note, or, or, or you got any stats on them? No, I don't. Um, they're a really young team. I know a few, quite a few of their good athletes are hurt, banged up for the year. Um, I, they're just kind of scraping by, as, from what I can tell. So uh, that's about as much, much as I know about them, even though they're five miles down the road. All right. Well, anything else about this game you want to uh, uh, tell us before we let you go? No. Nope. Another great, another good Beaver win. Five and zero. Oh. I don't remember the last time Wilt was five and zero, oh, but I'm sure, I'm sure they were at one point. So. And you're two and zero oh in the conference, right? Or the two and zero oh in the two and zero oh in the conference. We go on the road to Cascade next week. Cascade. Well, uh, uh, if you want to hear about this game, it's on Round Guy Radio. As Ben Garvin has become our play-by-play guy for Round Guy Radio. Uh, he did a great job. We posted it. Uh, if you want to give that a listen, thanks for being with kid. us, Mike. All right. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for covering us. We're heading to Winfield, Iowa, as our own Scotty Melvin was uh, uh, there. Um, man, did they put some points on the board tonight? Yeah, I was afraid it was going to be an ugly game, but I didn't uh, prepare myself for how ugly uh, we had planned on hanging out till probably halftime. We only made it to the first quarter buzzer because it was 46 to zero. Uh, the Wolves were scoring at will. English Valleys appeared to put up almost no resistance um, early in the game. Their coaches, for some reason, on fourth downs, fourth and longs in their own territory, were going for it. So I'm not really sure what the deal was there, but uh, they looked like they laid down their swords before kickoff and said, you know, take our land, Wolves. Uh, we, will, we will assimilate. <laughs> so the, the Winfield Mount Union Bears uh, hosted the uh, English Valley. I believe they're the Bears, right? They're the Bears. Yep. Lions and Tigers and Bears, oh my. Uh, well, uh, any anything you want to say about the game? I know it's, uh, you left out to the first quarter. It was we took well, 45 to nothing. 46 to zero at the end of the first. And uh, it didn't seem like that quarter was going to get over um, because the bears were throwing the ball and the, you know, the clock wasn't running and the wolves were scoring so fast. The clock wasn't running. (laughs) Um, Cam Buffington had a couple, uh, three really long runs, two of them for touchdowns. 
Um, there was a fumble that Lane, I believe Lane Ginkinger jumped on for a touchdown, a defensive touchdown, and then minutes later almost picked off a pass that would have been an easy pick six. <laughs> I mean, and that was a close call. But right after that, the one uh, time that the Bears elected to punt deep in their own territory, um, Abram Edwards had been close to blocking a couple. Well, he got that one, blocked it into the end zone. And I forget who fell on it, but, uh, you know, they were scoring on defense. They were scoring special teams. They were scoring at will with the offense. Uh, Carter Lloyd had a spectacular catch that I really think was a touchdown. They ruled him out of bounds at the one. Cole Milks was able to punch it in a play later. I mean, it was it was worse than a scrimmage, Dave. It was a free-for-all and a heart of sin, sounds like to me. It was, and, and, you know, I mean, Winfield Mountain Union was, you know, far and away too powerful of a, a team. But I, I saw these English Valley Bears, several of these same players playing JV at Waco earlier this week, and uh, they've got some speed. They're, they've got some, some big guys on the line, but they just, I don't know. It, it, was, it was a strange thing to watch. Right. Well, anything else about the game before we cut you loose? Uh, not really. I'm, you know, it's kind of a tune up there. Uh, nice to get a homecoming win. I'm sure for the wolves, um, every game from here on out for them is really tuning up for the playoffs. Cause I don't think anybody's going to put up any kind of resistance against these guys. Um, but, uh, you know, any chance you get to come out and see these special players that they've got perform, I'll, I'll take it. Even if it's for a quarter, I know they got some home games in the back half of the season. Because they had three of their first four on the road, so there's uh, yeah. uh, the back end's going to be loaded up with some home games. So yeah, so anybody in the area that wants to see some really spectacular athletes uh, assembled on one little eight man team has the opportunity to do it. And um, quite frankly, if you if you just want to see the meat of the game, you might be home by seven thirty. <laughs> not a bad deal. <laughs> All right. Well, our own Scotty Melvin there at Winfield, Iowa, is, uh, uh, with a report on the Winfield Mount Union Wolves, number two rated in the state, but I'm not sure why they're not number one. All yeah. Right. Thanks for being with us. You got it. We are headed to Pleasantville, Iowa, as uh, we got Andy McGuire as SK uh, uh, made the trip. Uh, welcome program, Andy. Hey, thanks for having me as always, Dave. Wow, what a what a game. Um, it just blew my mind. Um, you know, I, I was at the Waco game, it kind of got out of hand, so we had to play the have mercy from ZZ Top there uh, at halftime, and I, I bumped home as quick as I could, and I was, you know, looking around at the scores, you know, like the Wapolo game, which was one I was trying to want to keep an eye on. It wasn't too much going on. Uh and then I looked at the KCII scoreboard, and I saw the score, and I said, whoa, we better get the Thunder Country on. Uh, and I'm glad I did because that was a heck of an exciting uh, a finish. Uh, let the listeners know what the final score was in, in overtime there. Final score uh, in the first overtime, 31 Sigourney Kyoto to 24 uh, Pleasantville Trojans. Uh, the, the coach was a little unhappy at the end of that game, I noticed, from uh, Pleasantville. Yeah, there was a handful of times he was on the field uh, discussing what the call was with the referee. So, not exactly sure what uh, what his concern was there at the end. And other than obviously some officiating uh, there at the end of the game, uh, Pleasantville threw a touchdown pass that looked to tie the game or at least uh, get him within one in the overtime. And there was a double penalty there, holding and a personal foul that marched the Trojans way back, took the score off the board, and uh, the Cobras were able to hold on. So I would imagine he wasn't happy that the uh, that the referees had a say at the end of that game. I think he bumped the referee and he got thrown out. No, I didn't see that. Yeah. I'll have to watch that on the playback. Um, that's what they're saying on the, on, the, on the Thunder Country a little bit. There was a little contact or something, or maybe it was inadvertent. I don't know. Uh, I didn't see it either. Uh, well, I, I certainly hope it was inadvertent because there's really no place for that in any sport. But, I mean, a game like that, I'm sure the emotions were running high. Uh, well, let's kind of go over the game. Uh, uh, how did the, the first half go? Well, the first half started out with Pleasantville uh, taking the ball first, and they uh, had it in a third and long situation ended up connecting 
on a really nice pass from their freshman quarterback to the receiver to keep the drive alive. And they were able to march the ball down the field and get a score. And then uh, on the PAT, SK came across the line. I believe it was Aiden McGuire got his hands up and got the block. Uh, so uh, Pleasantville started out the game with a, a six to nothing lead. And then uh, right on the next series, SK was able to march it down and really do what SK does, you know, four yards, three yards, pound them in the face and ended up getting a, a touchdown there. And uh, Caden Clarehan, very happy to see Caden back this week, uh, kicked the PAT and I think the end of the first quarter, the score ended up being seven to six uh, in favor of the uh, Cobras. But then Pleasantville was able to take charge of the second quarter and ended up going into half with a lead of 18 to seven. Okay. Well, uh, so that, uh, that, yeah, that was the first half. So, so, so take me to the third quarter then. Right. So third quarter, SK ended up uh, taking the ball. Uh, off the kickoff, and a uh, little personnel change there. Uh, Jake Moore came in at uh, spin back, and uh, Aiden McGuire came in and, and took over blocking back duties a little bit. And I kind of think that that's more of their heavy package, and they really did a nice job pounding the ball down the field and ended up taking it uh, for a touchdown, and we ended up at 18-14. to 14. Uh, But then uh, the uh, Pleasantville Trojans were able to put the ball in the air again and ended up coming down and get another touchdown, uh, but did not convert on the two-point conversion, ended up making it 24-14. to 14. Um, And uh, then it was really kind of tough sledding both ways. And uh, there in the waning minutes of the fourth quarter, on a fourth and long, uh, Sawyer Stout mishandled the, the snap. Ball was on the ground for just a split second, and Sawyer picks the ball up. Waves his uh, favorite target, Cole Kindred, downfield and connects on a long pass to convert the uh, the fourth down and also keep the drive alive and really ended up putting him in, in field goal range. The Cobras had a chance to punch it in and, and maybe even just win it in regulation, but just fell short, and Caden Clarion's leg came in and ended up stretching it to overtime, uh, making that uh, three-point field goal to get them to where they needed to be. So phenomenal work from Caden to have him back, um, you know, to put it uh, back into overtime. And then, as I say, you know, uh, Sigourney Kyoto takes the ball to start with and was able to punch the uh, score in. And with Caden's late kick, the PAT, so took the lead 31 to 24, Pleasantville takes over. And I've already let you know what happens there on a couple of penalties and really puts it out of reach for uh, Pleasantville Trojans. But, you know, you could tell that Pleasantville really wanted to win tonight on homecoming. There was a lot of energy from Pleasantville side and uh, a lot of great uh, football tonight. I think Siri Kyoto came out and it looked a little flat out of the start. Maybe didn't play their best ball game. You know, I can't uh, say that it was their worst ball game by any stretch of the imagination, but Pleasantville is, uh, is a good team. They're much improved, as Coach Jensen said, I think on one of your uh, pregame shows that they are much improved, and I would attest to that and, and say the same thing. And uh, I have to tell you, I was impressed with this freshman quarterback that Pleasantville has. I might even stretch out to say that he's the the best quarterback that I've seen in quite a while in, in football. And in a freshman with the size that he has, there's gonna they're, they're, they're going to be going to be for. I think we lost him. I'll get him back here, though. Well, we got him back. Well, um. Killer Cole Kindred, uh, the X-Factor. In fact, he won the X-Factor poll, although every single one of those guys that we listed just had an amazing night uh, uh, and and helped lift their team. But uh, um, what about that play? Sawyer Stout is a great throw, a passer. I mean, he's a really great passer. I, I have been raving about him all week, uh, all year long, and uh, tonight was no exception, but uh, – you're talking about an X factor. You're talking about a guy who on fourth down and long, you're trying to get the ball to and can make things happen. Uh, uh, talk a little bit about him, his effect on the team in this game and pretty much all year long. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad to see that Cole Kindred was one of those X factors on your poll there. Cause that's what he is exactly. Whether it's on the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, he, he or in special teams, he definitely affects the game. He did tonight, obviously, with that big catch from Sawyer. And I got to give props to Sawyer. Uh, kind of a rough first half. I think he had two interceptions and things really weren't going his way. Um, and then to start the third quarter, 
to bring a new spin back in and, and Sawyer spent some time on the sideline watching the teammates play the game. Uh, and then to come back in that fourth quarter and lead that drive the way that he did, I, I just, you know, that's, that's tenacity from Sawyer and on tons of props, tons of credit to him without that play, that game's over. And uh, I think honestly, he's the one kid probably on that team that makes that play uh, with that connection to Cole, you know, that connection, that Sawyer to Cole connection is special. Um, you know, those guys are great friends. They, they spend a lot of time together. Um, and that's the way it is on the baseball or the basketball court. That's the way it is on the football field. Those two know how each other plays. They've been doing it for a long time. So it's, it's a credit to, to the way those guys put the time in and, and how they're competitors. So, um, yeah, kudos to both of those guys and, and happy for Cole. I think uh, Cole would, uh, you know, say it the same way that I might say it, that, you know, maybe tonight wasn't the best defensive performance you know, for anybody on that defensive side of the ball, um, secondary struggled a bit. The line was struggling to get some some pressure at times, but they ended up gritting it out and getting a win. And I chalked that up to the tough non-district uh, schedule that they had playing PCM and and playing Minneapolis and playing uh, Mid Prairie. They had some big boys on those three uh, teams. You know, start the season out, and that's what we faced tonight. There's a lot of big bodies up there, and. And Sigourney Kyoto was gritty and got it done one way or another. That's kind of the MO of this team this year is finding a way, and they did it. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a great season. Sawyer Stout has uh, uh, shown me some – he showed me a lot of leadership uh, and determination against Mid-Prairie. Uh, probably don't win that game without just his courage and leadership uh, in that game. You certainly don't win uh, this game coming down the stretch, uh, especially with the adversity they had to – face on that play um uh he's got a connection with with uh uh you know i, I call him the x factor kindred is because he's not their first option or their second option you know but uh when the game's on the line or you need a dang big play he's the guy they go to isn't he yeah he is you know and that's that's exactly what happened tonight cole got it done to keep that drive alive and then they were able to come back with some other weapons. You know, Kale Clarahan, I thought, had a pretty good night running the ball. Um, and uh, and uh, uh, Cole Kindred had a nice night running the ball. Uh, Sawyer, you know, had some carries. Jake Moore had some carries. And then even at the end of the game, we saw Ike Molex, the freshman, come in and uh, had some nice plays. He had a nice little screen pass there. He's the, been, he's the, the uh, uh, you've been pretty high on him all year. I have, you know, I've watched him for a long time play football. He comes from a, an athletic family, though, two older brothers. Of course, we lost Reed with the knee this year, which has, has been a challenge for the Cobras, you know, to fill that those shoes. And uh, older brother Cade, a few years back, was just a phenomenal athlete for SK. So the lineage is there, and you, you see it in, in, in Ike. And uh, really, I thought in the first half, or I think it was that uh, big tight end, number 89, uh, Ike had really great coverage on him, and and they did this this freshman quarterback for Pleasantville just dropped it over the top, and Ike had phenomenal positioning, and, and he couldn't cover him any better for what he had to work with, and they, they just dropped a dime, and they made a football play, and that was a touchdown. So um, I thought Ike played really well tonight, has earned himself a spot on the field. You well, know, more as, consistently, uh, uh, as I look around uh, the scoreboard. Uh, uh, Tonight, there wasn't a lot of close games, there wasn't a lot of great games, but it sounds like you uh, uh, may have been at one of the best games to be at in the state of Iowa tonight. Yeah, it sure seems like it. Like I say, Pleasantville was ready to rock and roll, and I watched the uh, Pella Christian game from last week, and I really thought Pleasantville played their hearts out in the first half and kind of sputtered in the second half. Um, but I, I got to tell you that they came tonight with everything that they had to play uh, Sigourney Kyoto, and Sigourney Kyoto should feel fortunate to walk out with a win um, but you know, they were gritty and they got it done. So you got to give those boys credit for staying with it and not getting down on themselves and, and pulling out the victory. Was there anything else about this game or anybody else we didn't get to mention that you needed to? No, I don't think so. You know, I, I just, again, it's, it's fun to watch these, uh, Sigourney Kyoto Cobras continue to get better and, uh, hopefully they can continue that path because there's a big one coming next week, next Friday night with Pella Christian, which, um, you don't know, look past uh, or look to the end of the season, you know, too soon. But in all likelihood, is probably going to be the district championship game. All right. Well, thanks for being with us, Andy. Yep. Go Cobras. We are headed to Wayland, Iowa, as Jeff Mills of Real 
smart highlights uh, was there uh, sitting right next to me, weren't you? Yeah, we were. <laughs> well, uh, wow. Um, you know, Scotty Melvin was telling me about the Winfield Mount Union uh, uh, English Valley game, and he said English Valley pretty much just gave up. Um, I didn't feel like that was the case with Easton Valley. Did you? No, not really. I mean, they they kept playing the, the entire game, and you know, uh, I think the final when score was fifty six to uh, fourteen. So they did get in the end zone in the second half there, and I uh, got some positive things going. Slowed down Waco's offense quite a bit. Um, I know they're midway, almost start of the fourth quarter. They started putting a lot of younger guys in too on offense, but. Uh, I didn't. I didn't feel like Easton Valley quit by any means. I, they kept playing football and did some good things for sure. Well, uh, it got off to a kind of a hot start. Uh, uh, Waco kicked off to Easton Valley, and uh, they kind of drove the ball. They got two or three first downs. They, they. I think they might even got it inside the red zone there. Uh, but they turned it over on downs. Well, three, four plays later, um, Housing Game broke a big one for a touchdown. Uh, but then Easton Valley just came right back and threw a, a, a beautiful pass uh, for a touchdown um, three, four plays into their drive. And and I thought maybe we were off to the races here for one of the, you know, your classic eight-man, uh, um, you know, flamethrowing, high-scoring, high-flying game. Uh, but from that point on, Waco just dominated, didn't they? Yeah, they took over from that point. You know, after that touchdown, it was, had that feel like this might be one of the barn burners, but Waco got things under control and just completely took over the game, started dominating, as you've seen. Well, offense, defense, special teams, uh, blocking punts, Hunter Hughes being the X Factor, Reese Oswald, maybe player of the game. Uh, um, where are you at on the player of the game? You know, this one's going to be tough. I'm a, It's actually, I usually by the end of the game when I'm heading home, I already have a guy that I'm figuring is going to be that guy. I don't have that guy this week. I'm going to have to go back and watch the film, look at the stat lines. There's four or five of them that have the possibility to be the player of the week. So, you know, that's a good thing for Waco to have that many guys doing big things. So, Yeah, um, you know, Hunter Hughes blocked a punt. Or, or someone blocked a punt, and he picked it up and scored. Uh, he was making yeah, catches yeah. on 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 offense. I, I think Housing got an interception. Um, mm -hmm. It was just all out, wasn't it? Yeah, Waco dominated this one. That looks like the Waco team I watched last year play. And I've only got to watch them play against Winfield. And like I was telling you, that's not really fair because <laughs> Winfield is – Probably the best team in the state. So, you know. I don't know if I've ever seen a high school team as good as, as Winfield Mountain Union. Have you? Uh, not since I started covering all these teams, no. Uh, they are domination up yeah. and down. Yeah, it's a, it's a long bus ride home after you play them, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and you're probably going to have some bumps and scratches and bruises along the way. <laughs> so. Man, and I'll tell you what um, – Oh, Easton Valley's not going to – it wasn't fun for them tonight either, although um, they quitted them. So they actually looked like a good team, didn't they, to you? I, I thought so, yeah. And I, like I was telling you, I've seen the numbers the quarterback was putting up, and they seem like they are pretty good offensively uh, from what I've seen. So, you know, that's just how it goes sometimes. Waco just pulled in and dominated, stopped their passing game almost, except for that first touchdown, you know, they completely – took that out of play, and uh, they did what they needed to do, get a big win tonight. It was a great game uh, all the way around. I mean, Lichty scored, uh, uh, Housing Gay scored, uh, Reese Oswald scored a couple, two, three. Uh, yeah, three. scores. I mean, uh, uh, the, the kicking game was going pretty good. Their special teams looked pretty good. They were kicking off good. They were kicking extra points. Uh they were they were going for two and making it. I mean, it was just a it was just a smorgasbord of good things happening, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Without a doubt. Was any other players you want to mention or, or defensive guys or anything that you you wanted to throw out there before we wrap this one up? The only guy that I can think of was Chase Waterhouse played a heck of a game. Yeah, uh, he sure did. 
Miller was a quarterback had a great game too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like like we were saying there on Brock uh, when you were calling the game, it's just a, it was a complete team win tonight. The line played good. Every everybody on the Waco team was out there playing and doing good things. So it's good for the Warriors. All right. Well, when are we gonna start seeing some of these highlights? Uh, I'm getting into them now. There might be a few on tonight before I go to bed, but Woo! you know, I might have to hit the river up tomorrow, so it might be a little delay. But sometime tomorrow, <laughs> you'll see catfish uh, interlude there. Uh, well, we will certainly be looking. There should be some highlights for you. It might take you all week long just to cut the highlights out because there was, I mean, I there was like three scores before there was three minutes of the game drained out. I think. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of them. All right. Well, thanks for being with us. Uh, uh, give them the final score one more time. Uh, 56 14 was the final score. All right. Well, thanks for being with us. Yep. We are heading all the way down to Keokuk, Iowa. You can't get any further south and still be in Iowa. Uh, we got Andy Kretzinger of the Southeast Iowa Union, who was there uh, as the Washington Demons made the trip. Uh, uh, Welcome program, Andy. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, let regale us with what happened in this game. Um, I am, I am uh, uh, starting to be a big believer in this Keokuk team. Yeah, well, you know, it came in. Uh, I think BC Moore had Keokuk by like 12. I had expected, you know, Washington had a bad last couple of weeks. I expected this to be a lot closer game. You know, uh, uh, Washington uh, hadn't lost to Keokuk since 2016, I believe. Um, and, uh, I'll tell you what, the Keokuk defense is really good. Brendan, uh, Brendan Hort, their uh, quarterback is really, really good. And, uh, he was getting it done with, uh, with the legs. He was getting it done with his arm. I mean, they, he yeah, had, they were finding open receivers. They got so many fast guys on there that, uh, you know, on the team that I think Diego Garcia scored once. And I was like, Oh, I forgot that kid was even on the team because there's so many good players and he'd be the best player in a lot of other, uh, you know, I mean, they have just just speed, speed, and more speed. So, uh, Kikak uh, won 47 to nothing. Um, there wasn't much for, you know, hi highlights for Washington. Uh, um, I will say that, uh, first off, they're a little banged up. So, uh, and they got a little bit more banged up today. But uh, they still have um, Logan McDole at, at quarterback. And he uh, looked like he ran it in for a touchdown uh, with about – 45 seconds left to at least would have stopped the shutout, but it was uh, fourth and uh, one and uh, or fourth and goal, and the official said he uh, stopped just short. Washington coaches weren't very happy about that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean there was just not much going. You know, uh, McDowell was able to uh, to hit Mason Morgan a couple different times. Luke Bean Blossom had a couple catches, but they also, I mean, you know, the Demons dropped a couple. There were there were overthrows. Um, you know, Kale Williams ran okay, but didn't have uh, any huge. They maybe had one big breakout around the right side, I think, in the third quarter. But just, just it just seemed like everything that Washington did today, they're just uh, they're just off. It, it was just a little off, and they couldn't, they just couldn't get anything going against Keokuk. And and Keokuk, I mean, they moved the ball really, really well. They the defense was really good, so uh, can't. Uh, I couldn't fault Keokuk for anything today. So, um, well, I can fault Keokuk for one thing. Uh, at the very end of the first half, the lights were killed for whatever. It was an accident, whatever reason, but it took a while to get the lights back up. So that's why it was a little later, even with the running clock. But other than that, Keokuk looked pretty darn good. 47 to nothing. Uh, the Keokuk Chiefs, uh, um, uh, they lost to Burlington in a tough battle. Then they got a big win against Fairfield, and then they doubled it up with a, a, a win against the Washington Demons, um, uh, these are the, uh, that's a conference win or a district win, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's a district win. Um, I know, I, you know I, I have trouble remembering which districts because they just redistricted. But um, district win for Keokuk. Uh, I mean, seeing Keokuk after I saw Burlington last week, I would have really liked to watch that game. I'm actually pretty surprised that Burlington could have kept Keokuk to, what, like 13 points or whatever they did. Yeah, it was like uh, a 17 was, uh, yeah, to 15 oh, or something like that. Yeah, it was a, it was a real low scoring game. So I mean, I, I was very very impressed with Keokuk tonight. Uh, just so much speed, and I mean, open guys left and right. And you know, Brandon Horde, he, you know, they, they a lot of the run players are just like naked boots out uh, to the right or left, or just like lead blockers out to the right or left. And 
he gets hit and he spins out from one and runs over a kid and falls forward and he gets a minimum of five or six yards every single run it seems and then every once in a while he breaks one loose so uh yeah i, I would like to see them you know, play in a close game because it just seemed like nothing was stopping him tonight well uh kia uh, cook moves to three and one i believe or four yeah i one. think so and i mean they i think you know it's a tough it's definitely a tough district. maybe it's four and one um uh, let's see what week is five that? games have been played so yeah yeah maybe it is yeah, I don't know, but Kia, Kia Cook's looking, looking real good. And again, it's, it's a tough distance, so. They might be uh, uh, trying to make an appearance in the Power Five here. Maybe. Could could be. Well, uh, um, is there anything else about that game you want to say? Because I want to go over some other scores with you. Uh, not much. I'll say the Kia Cook had a heck of a, a fireworks show afterwards. They, they probably... They probably shot up 160 fireworks at the end of the game. And it was kind of like got kind of funny how many they they uh, they shot off at the end of it. But uh, no, I mean Keokuk has a good crowd. They're they're they have like 35 cheerleaders. Their band is big. Uh, it's, it was I mean the the music was bumping. So overall, Keokuk was a pretty good experience in 2023 as far as. Yeah, go, you know, go into a new state or a, a stadium. So, well, so uh, they look pretty strong. Well, there was a lot of those type of scores, uh, and I'm going to get go over one with you. I know if this is a, a school, uh, one of these schools is in your area, uh, and it's the Mid Prairie Golden Hawks with a yeah. 42-7 win over Davis County. Uh, um, I know Mid Prairie has some non-district or uh, uh, losses. I get some super good teams. Uh, yeah. But uh, I was talking to their coach, and I was telling them I'd rather be 0 and 3 playing great teams than 3 and 0 playing uh, uh, some less than good talent. And he agreed yeah. with me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Coach Darren Lambert over there got him playing well. I think, uh, I think I said it on Sports Talk this week, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Mid Prairie wins every single game for the rest of the regular season. They played such good teams at the beginning of the year. And. And Mid Prairie is a really strong team. I'm, I haven't seen him live this year. I'm excited to see uh, Brady Weber, especially see him run around and and chuck that ball around. But um, but yeah, I, I think this is going to be Mid Prairie for the next month is just going to be, you know, putting teams through the slaughterhouse. I think just just like look, looking at how good they are and their schedule. As long as they don't let up, you know, they could they could really be something well, by the I end. I believe of the they week. got a pretty tough one next week uh, at home though against Minneapolis. Yeah, Meepo's coming in, and, and Meepo, uh, they Meepo won tonight. obviously Columbus. Yeah, yeah. And, and they they won again tonight, so they're three and two. Uh, um, starting to put things together, starting to get these district wins. Uh, yeah. Um, man, if it ain't a district game, and and I know in the big schools, uh, it's a little more important, but uh, in the small schools, man, those district games are just tailgate parties, man, for the real season. Uh, oh yeah. Well, uh, let's keep it on moving, and uh, uh, I'm sure this score is not going to surprise you in any way, shape, or form because you couldn't get two schools going in the different directions any more than this as the Columbus Wildcats, uh, 54 to nothing to the Highland Huskies. Um, yeah, Columbus is right back to just just running the ball relentlessly, and they had that one hiccup against, more than a hiccup against Mediapolis. But uh, Columbus is, is is just dominant right now against – you have to have so much talent defensively to stop Columbus in that run game. And uh, obviously, yeah, as you said, Highland's just been – Highland's just been a, in a downer right here. Hopefully they can get a couple of more winnable uh, opponents. But uh, uh, that's a – Yeah, that one wasn't a winnable play. opponent uh, there. Yeah. Uh, that's, that was a home I just, game. I don't, I don't like those kind of matchups. Do you? No, I mean, you have to have them, especially in districts, because – you're, you're going to have them, but, you know, it's, you just have to kind of grow. I mean, but there's stuff you can learn. But, you know, if you're the team that's gonna that's winning by 50, you can you can try out some new stuff. You can throw the ball to a couple different kids, see what they got, you know. And if you're, uh, you know, it actually probably is better for the teams that are getting killed because they can, you know, learn a little bit from, from the team that's beating them and, you know, get a little bit of positive against a really good team. And then maybe when you're playing average teams, you, you know, you know that, at least this this worked against Columbus, then maybe it'll work against them. But so there's learning, like you can learn from those types of games, especially because like the Washington Kiaka game, I kind of thought would be close, and it was a blowout. But the Kiaka or the Columbus Highland game, you knew that Columbus was a huge favorite. So uh, just for Highland, it's just it's just trying to take steps. 
All right. Well, uh, uh, Scotty Milton was at this game. He gave us a report. We didn't know the final score. Uh, Winfield Mount Union Wolves 74, English Valley Bears 6. Uh, Scotty Melvin said it was 46 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. Yeah, and he, yeah. Uh, 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 did the boot scoot boogie over to uh, Wayland uh, to watch some of the Waco game, uh, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Uh, I don't know what to say about a 74 to 6 uh, win for the number two team in the state against a team that ain't got a win yet. Uh, yeah. It is what it is. It, it, uh, it's on the schedule, and they got to play it. Um, I think it was a home homecoming for Winfield Mount Union. Yeah, it sure was. It sure was. I believe uh, uh, Gabriel Hemsworth is the homecoming king over there. Well, that's, uh, that's some breaking news here on Round Guard Radio. I follow all the schools on Facebook, so I usually hear who the kings and queens are, uh, but I forget them. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, well, I mean, Winfield put up 70 against Montezuma, so you got to think that if they're going against a team that hasn't won. <laughs> yeah, Montezuma's <laughs> you know, a top 10 team uh, in some polls. See, boys, a lot of different uh, polls out there. I can't, uh, I'm happy to, to see all these people participating, YouTube polls and Cedar yeah. Rapids Gazette poll seems to be the standard bear around here. No, uh, oh, I like that. Because <laughs> uh, that's what I vote in. Well, uh, let's move on to the game I was at there. Uh, Waco Warriors against Easton Valley uh, Riverhawks. 56-14 um, to 14 is the final. Uh, Scotty Melvin said he felt like uh, uh, maybe the English Valley Bears kind of laid down and died in that game. Uh that was not the case with Easton Valley. Easton Valley fought hard, and Easton Valley is a good team, and they're going to win a lot of games. Uh, they've already got two wins on the season. I think they're two and three, but I, I would imagine they'll probably finish above 500. They look like a good quality team, but uh, Waco was just on some kind of – they were just playing unconscious tonight. Uh, yeah. Um, offensive, defensive, special teams. Uh, a punch block for touchdowns, interceptions taken back for touchdowns, uh, <laughs> balls handed to the halfback for touchdowns, fullback for touchdowns, uh, thrown uh, uh, touchdowns, pass to the left, touchdowns, pass to the right, uh, stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight. It was all working tonight. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, Waco. I mean, that's that's a, Waco and Winfield Union are just t- such a, a touch above the district, you know. Um, I, Iowa Valley is pretty good too, but it just those two teams just have so much talent that I think that's what this year is going to be for the until the playoffs is just and well and until late in the playoffs actually is just those two pounding away. And I think Waco, you know, they've lost the game now, so they 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 probably had a, a hard week of practice a couple of years uh, a couple of weeks ago when they lost to Winfield. So they're probably still playing with a little bit of an edge right now. Which I is not think they are playing play. with a little bit of a. I, I don't think they enjoyed that taste of losing they got. So yeah, uh, it was a rare taste of losing. But boy, they look good, you know. Put you in mind of last year's team. They were on that kind of caliber. It was a. It's always fun to go watch Waco play, as I'm sure you can attest. As there's a yeah a packed house and a great band and a bunch of good cheerleaders and uh, good girl, uh, good 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 food at Waco. Even a good concession stand over there. Well. Yeah. uh Let's talk about uh, what may have been the game of the night, not just around here, maybe in the state. I don't know. But the SK Cobras pull out a 31-24 to overtime victory. Um, uh, they, they had to come back in this game, uh, even kick a field goal with uh, 12 seconds left to tie it at 24 apiece going into overtime. Uh, Kind of a lot of drama. The coach was really unhappy with the uh, some refereeing. There was a play yeah. that looked like they scored a touchdown, but the referees uh, uh, not only uh, blew it dead, but marched them back 15 yards and then gave them a personal uh, a foul penalty on top of that for another 15. And they weren't able to get it the 30 yards they needed to get in the end zone. And it was uh, the coach was kind of coming unglued. I. I get the passion and everything about it. I don't know what to say, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, but I can say this much. Uh, Coach Jensen don't got to apologize to me for winning this game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pleasantville was tough. Uh, good playing. Uh, a hard-fought win on the road. Um, 
It's going to set up a great big battle. Uh, I believe that's Pella Christian coming to town next week for SK, isn't it? Man, well, they say iron sharpens iron, right? And uh, SK's got one of the toughest schedules, you know, the, the, of our area team. So uh, that, that pays dividends when you get towards the, you know, end of the year, the playoffs. So, if, you know, as, with that offense and, and that defense that SK's got over there, just, you know, going against the, the top tier teams, you know, I, I think SK could be, a, could be a team at the end of the year where they're playing about as sharp as anybody. Well, uh, the Oskaloosa Indians do drop this game uh, to Clear Creek Amana, which is probably no surprise to anybody. But uh, it was a 28-21 to 21 victory, and Oskaloosa, um, late in that game, got the ball back and was driving. Uh, I think they turned the ball over on down somewhere maybe near the, the red zone. Um, uh, Oskaloosa looked really good in this game, uh, at least the – the back half of it that I was watching, they they were they were down a couple touchdowns, got one of them, tried to get another one uh, before the time ran. It's getting kind of late out here, isn't it? Uh, but uh, uh, that's the that's the score on that one. Um, it, here's a game uh, with a little more uh, Southeast Iowa Union uh, flavor to it, uh, uh, as the Lisbon Lions do beat Pekin. But only by seventeen to seven, and it looked like people oh, was wow. driving hard uh, uh, to try and put another touchdown on the board when time uh, uh, ran out. Uh, I'm uh, Scotty Melvin says he's not a big believer in moral victories, but he says if there ever was one, that was one. Yeah, but well, because especially because Pekin couldn't keep up with Columbus last week, but now they've you know Lisbon is is uh, going to be the district champions, I think, and if, if Pekin knows that they can play with them that close, then Pekin. You know, Pekin's team, and uh, uh, that that's very impressive. That shows that on the right night they can play with the top of the district, which which is I'm sure very nice for them after you know after a tough week last week. Well, I I could see Pekin going six and two on the year here. Um, yeah, me too, definitely. Um, I mean, it's not going to be that easy to do, but I I think if, if they do, I'm hoping they get one of them at large bids because I think they deserve a playoff appearance. That would be fun. That would be really fun to get three teams from that district in. All right. Well, uh, um, here's the score. It ain't going to shock you much. Uh, Mount Vernon, one of the highest rated teams in the state, 76. The Mount Pleasant Panthers, 14. Um, I don't know what else to say about that one either. Yeah, I know that uh, Payson Coleman had a couple of uh, touchdown catches today, homecoming king at Mount Pleasant. So, uh, and MP was still playing without uh, a couple of their best players. Mount Pleasant plays Washington this next week. It's homecoming for Washington, and it's the the first game uh, that Mount Pleasant will play at Washington with with new coach uh, John Bowen. So uh, they're they're you know for two teams that are very struggling, it's kind of a spicy week for those teams now, just because of the way stuff's played out. Well, one of them will get their season back on track after next yeah. week. Well, the Fairfield Trojans uh, go up and take on the Benton Bobcats. I didn't know anything about the Benton Bobcats, but I do know. But they won this game 38 to nothing um, after a very promising start for the Fairfield Trojans uh, that hit a brick wall the last couple weeks. Yeah, uh, well, so Benton is a really, really, really good team. And uh, I was surprised that Fairfield lost by that much against Keokuk last week. Now that I've seen Keokuk, I kind of understand it a little more. But uh, that's, that's, I mean, Fairfield going all the way to Benton. And Fairfield's got a tough district, so... Uh, uh, they gotta, they gotta strap it on, you know, buckle up, uh, and uh, and go at it. But yeah, I wasn't too surprised at that. I knew Benton was really good. Well, uh, that's the the KCII scoreboard. Uh, I'm gonna, you got a minute or two, I'll, I'll I'll go over some other scores, and you can kind of quickly go through that. Uh, yeah, I got a couple questions. Do you know what what happened at the end of uh, the New London game? Did New London win? I didn't even know if they uh, fielded a team this week or not. They uh, did. New London was playing HLB. I know. Uh, well, maybe I can look it up on uh, NL Tiger Pride well, here. Uh, that wasn't it was, on it that. Was back uh, and forth with HLV for sure. All right. Well, uh, while you're looking for that, I'll, I'll just keep shooting out some scores to you. Uh, the like Audubon it. Wheelers, uh, 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 they they made their first appearance in some of the polls this week, around nine or ten. Uh, they get a win, twenty-two to sixteen over Coon Rapids Bayard. Uh, uh, Lennox beats East Union 54 to 8. Uh, Southeast Warren gets back in the win common over Murray 56 to 39. Uh, 
Moravia. How about Moravia? You got them in your pools. Uh, uh, they're pretty high in some of the pools. They get a... a good, I'll have to check that. I might have them maybe towards the bottom of the pool. Well, well they... maybe not. I don't think I do, actually. I've seen them at number check. four in some of the pools. Uh, oh, really? Uh, they, they, uh, yeah. Uh, um, ahead of Waco, um, they, they get a 60-6 to six win over Twin Cedars, although Twin Cedars ain't much. Uh, uh, let's see here. Gladbrook Rhinebeck beats Janesville 38-8. to All right, I got New London. Okay, what is it? New London, 36 to 14 winners against HLV. The Tigers are uh, in the win column. Oh, well, that's good. That's good. Congratulations you know out there, New London. Great there job. We go. It, had been, it had been a tough uh, start to. What was the score? And who they play? They played HLV. Uh, so so that's a district win there. It had been a tough season for fall, fall sports in New London. They had not won in uh, volleyball either. Last night, they got a couple wins in volleyball and the Super Conference. Uh, uh, prelims, and now they get a win in football, so they're off the snide completely this fall. All right. Well, uh, Mount Air takes down North Mahaska, nineteen to fourteen. That would have been a good opportunity for North Mahaska to get a win there. Uh, Madrid yeah. follows up the win against uh, uh, Linville Solian, puts a thirteen to six win against Earlham. Uh, Earlham seemed like a pretty big town. Thirteen to six, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Let's see here. I know I got a bunch of good scores coming up. Uh, that'll be uh, relatable uh, to us here. Uh, Let's see, uh, Cardinal played some of Cardinal played. Uh, yeah, I didn't see a score on that. Uh, uh, Regina uh, beats Cascade forty-nine to fourteen. Yeah, Regina's really good. Uh, yeah, uh, we're going to get an interview with them. We're going to start covering that school. I think uh, Scotty Melvin's. Tells me he's got an insider on that. Now, Minneapolis, uh, uh, 50 to 18 over West Burlington. Ah, yeah, really. That would be a fun game to go to just to see that kind. That could be a little bit of a rivalry because of that, those are pretty close quarter teams. Williamsburg just continues to roll as they beat uh, South Tama uh, County there, 61 to 6. Yeah, no surprises there. Solon uh, uh, puts it to Grinnell. Forty to seven. That's a little uh, a, a bit of a score. Forty to seven. Wow. Now the Solon. I mean, Solon is Solon just beat Mount Vernon, you know, and and then to go stop Grinnell like that. Solon is the real deal. Times uh, times a bunch. Yeah. Um, well, Assumption Knights uh, thirty-eight. Uh, our Fort Madison Bloodhound seven. Uh, uh, pretty tough opponents. They played Williamsburg last week. Assumption this week. Uh, and it seems like they've got uh, uh, next week a real tough one and the week after a real tough one. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, – uh, oh, man, sorry. I, I phased out a little bit getting into, getting into MP over here on that one. <laughs> okay. But, well, uh, yeah, you know, there. I would say that in general, there's probably more enticing games coming up the next two weeks. This week was not a very lucky week for, uh, for games that were going to be close. No, uh, we got a lot of listeners in Indiana. I don't know why, but they I'm glad they do. So I'll just read their score. Uh, they got a little win here, uh, in a pretty good game as they win 30 to 27 over Ballard Bombers. Oh, nice. Uh, shout out to the Indianola uh, AW restaurant, my parents' favorite restaurant. <laughs> there we go. Uh, the Pella Dutch uh, continue their uh, uh, big, big time season as they get a win over Carlisle, uh, 38 to 14. That's that's a nice little rivalry. Uh, back when I was in high school, Sheridan used to be in the same district as Pella and Carlisle. So uh, Pella's Pella's back to being Pella, I guess. I don't. Uh, you, you hear you hear anything on Van Buren's score tonight? No, uh, Van Buren is playing. Think about it, Andy. Think about it, Andy. Who the heck is Van Buren playing? I just did the preview yesterday. I haven't heard anything, but I wonder if there's anything on the Facebook. Maybe I'll. I got Van Buren's uh, Facebook page. I, I haven't seen it, but uh, um, the, the score, but I was told Muscatine gets a win tonight uh, nice. against Linmar. Uh, Marshalltown uh, uh, rolls on the uh, Tumble Bulldogs 44-7. to um, Yeah, I, I don't, I'm looking for a Van Buren score. I'm not seeing one. Um, I got to see if they played first. Um, they played against... Oh, they play against the Wise of Muscatine. Yeah, that's a that's a uh, 
uh, game that I thought would be close. Uh, here, uh, um, did you, you don't have a score on it? Not yet, but I got another place I can check for All it. Right. Well, you're checking on that. Uh, um, Grundy Center beats uh, Waterloo Columbus. Waterloo Columbus is having a pretty good season. Um, yeah, I think I, I think I saw them in the rank, some some rankings. I know I saw Grundy. Oh well, I might be I might be past these. Uh, I think I'm. Well, that that's all the score. That was I think last week's score. Uh, I wow. have done peruse all I can peruse. That is the uh, uh, <laughs> all the scores that are scores that are available. Uh, uh, yeah, the Liza uh, uh, Valley uh, uh, Van Buren game. Boy, Van Buren can win that. Uh, uh, they'd be looking pretty dang good all of a sudden, wouldn't they? Yeah, they really would. Hold on, I'm gonna click. I got one more click. I'm gonna. There we go. Let's see. Let's see if they got it on. Sometimes varsity bound uh, uh, updates it quick. Now, no final yet. Nothing, nothing, nothing from Van Buren. Here, I'll check. Maybe I'll check. Uh, what if anyone was Liza Muscatine? Uh, I tweeted it. We'll see here. You know, maybe the Atomic Courier, uh, maybe Scott over there at the Atomic Courier has tweeted this out, maybe. Well, but Van and Loise. Uh, Twitter, or X as it's called now, is a, is a pretty good tool. Uh, pretty good tool, but sometimes I, uh, no, that's not right. That's, that's doing when, when, that's from the Union Sports page. So, well, I haven't found Van Buren and uh, Wise and Muscatine yet. Twitter's failing me here. Well, uh, the scores will be available at some point there on the Southeast Iowa Union, won't they? Yes, they will. And actually, we have a, uh, you know, I never talk about this on this show, but the Southeast Iowa Union actually has a game day page, which is where I should be checking for this uh, these scores. Um we have a game day page on our website now where you can click it and get the updated scores. And I always give them my top five games uh, of the week. And then they put those towards the top. So, you, so usually if there's a big game, you know, you click on it and it's one of the top, you know, because the, the Gazette people kind of have like scoreboard chasers. Um, and uh, and so the, the Gazette people have scoreboard chasers, so they chase a couple for us too. So, well, so that's very good. Uh, uh, could you come if you can carve out a little time next week? Why don't you call, call in and we'll do a ranking show? We can talk about uh, some fine. of the teams in the area that are that are getting ranked. It's not as many as it was earlier, uh, but I think we'll we'll keep having some really good ones, uh, and they'll be moving a little higher up in the ranks too. Yeah, I agree. I, I've been uh, so I've been ranking Columbus or not Columbus. I've been ranking Waco. Uh, the last couple weeks in eight man, even though they lost to Winfield, they, they are not ranked in our Gazette poll right now. But I'm giving them points, so I wouldn't be surprised if they pop in there soon. And then, uh, uh Sigourney Kyoto, I have ranked higher than they've come out every single week, I think. So, uh, well, we'll see how it shakes out after a couple of big wins. You're fighting a good fight for the round guy radio, uh, and the southeast Iowa Union. That's right, that's right. You, you know, I'm not biased because usually a lot of times I'll even rank teams lower than they show up, the area teams. But uh, I don't know. Th this year, it just seems like I'm ranking them higher. Uh, actually, the uh, I've been ranking Winfield Not Union number one over uh, Gladbrook Rhinebacks. We'll, we'll see if they well, can prove me right. I'm, I'm not hating you for that at all. So, yeah. All right. Well, uh, there's been the scoreboard show. It's the best we could do uh, on short notice. But uh, at least we didn't uh, wait till tomorrow to get it out for you like we did last week. So. That's right. I, I, got, I had something to do on my drive home. All right. Thanks for being with us. Thanks.